I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Covenant Living Broadcast. I'm David Weeder. This is my wife Lynn Weeder and we're so glad that you could join us this week. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get right into the message. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to teach and preach your word. We thank you for the 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 word of the living God is what changes people's lives. And the fact that they renew their mind to line up with how the Word thinks, which is how you think. And their life will never be the same again. We give you the praise and the honor for every life touched, impacted, and changed through these broadcasts. And we thank you for every single listener, every viewer. And we thank you and praise you for the opportunity to bring your word to reality, to help people see how to apply the principles and the laws contained within the word so that they, their, their spouses, their families, and their entire lives are transformed. We thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to reveal, unveil, unwrap these principles contained in the Word to every single person watching and listening to these broadcasts in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us. You're looking good today. <laughs> it's a good day and it's going to get better because we're going to see some things out of the Word of God that makes every day better, every day rich. Love in the family, love in your lives. You know, I heard uh, Brother Copeland say not too long ago, it's, it was just so precious to me. It, you know, the Word says that it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. And he said, you know, you can turn that around. If it's little foxes that can spoil the vineyard, it's those little precious moments of love that can just make life so sweet. And it's just the truth. It's just the plain truth. This is all there is about it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We're going to be looking this week and for several weeks um, into some of the, the principles and the laws that when enacted, can exempt us, it can produce the reality of exemption from areas of concern financially, specifically where finances, money, um, livelihood <laughs> is concerned. Because, you know, with everything that's been going on, particularly the last couple of years, it, in a, there's not only the concern and the fear in the world where sickness and disease and, and things like that and death are concerned. Which that's definitely been there. Oh, absolutely. Mm. But but now it's been drawn out so long that it's in, it's affected the entire 
economics of the world system of economics and and people are just so worried and concerned if they're not worried about sickness disease and death they're worried about money finances rent car payments and and everything else that has to do with life and so when when confronted with real problems like that where do we as christians go well there's only one place the word of god is the user's manual of life and i guarantee you there is not one situation not one problem in life that you cannot find the answer for it right here in the word of god and that's what we're going to do this week and for the next several weeks the principles that we'll be talking about cover of a, a wide application of things in life, but we're going to zero in on and focus on how they apply to finances in your life. So our, our, our golden text, as Brother, Brother Hagen used to say, is uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. So we're going to begin there. Romans 8, and we'll just, we'll start in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So, first of all, notice that it is the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life, not the spirit of death, the spirit of life. It has made us free from the law of sin, or, yeah, from the law of sin and death. One thing that we've really keyed on now for weeks and weeks and weeks and we're going to continue this thread, each, even though each individual broadcast can stand on its own, there's also a thread that you can follow through. And that is this, that that word free there in verse 2 has made us free. The word, one of the key words in the Greek definition of that word is exempt. As a matter of fact, Lynn has it pulled up in the Strong's Concordance, and the word translated free in the Greek, read that that means. to liberate, to exempt from moral, ceremonial, or mortal liability. Deliver and make free. So when, when I was digging around, you know how we like to dig around in the Word around here. When I was digging around in the Word and I, I read that definition just uh, here a month or two ago, that word exempt just, I mean, it just jumped off the page at me. And so the Lord's really been having us minister along those lines because exemption is what we need yeah. <laughs> in these days of, in the last times, you know, Jesus laid it out when he was on the earth and he said, he said, you need to know these things. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of why these things are taking place. Things like the pandemics, earthquakes, natural disasters, wars. I mean, just the, the catastrophe that recently happened in Afghanistan. All of these things, they're going to take place in this earth. But he also said, 
that we have the ability to walk exempt from those things. If you want to get just right down to it, even the government <laughs> with all of its issues realizes that the church should be exempt from certain things and certain laws. And so we really are looking into and pressing into that exemption. And in studying this out, one of the things we're going to be looking at uh, this week and, and probably next week, God has always wanted His people exempt from the bad things yeah. in the earth. And I'm kind of, I kind of jumped ahead of myself a little bit. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's back up just a little bit. You get so excited about the end, you want to get I there. I do, I do, I do. Let's look, because we know about the law. The, the, two, the two items contained in verse 2 is the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death. So back up just a couple chapters to Romans chapter 5. And we'll see a little bit more about the law of sin and death. If you look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, you'll see where it says, Paul, the Holy, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says, Wherefore, as by one man, that would be Adam, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So here we have sin and death. Sin entered the world, and because of sin, death entered the world, uh, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So here we see where the law of sin and death actually came into being. And it happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam committed high treason. So let's go over to Genesis chapter 1. And let's look at the origin of these things, okay? Genesis chapter 1. And let's pick up... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start uh, verse 24 of Genesis chapter 1. Because there's a key issue that we're going to come back to later on in this teaching. We may not get to it this week, but... Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. That's a very, that's a key principle and law that is in the earth. Everything. One, everything comes from a seed. Two, everything reproduces after its own kind. You, 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 you're not going to get a, 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 an apple tree that produces grapes. Well, and I was just thinking with us, one of our friends a long time ago said that they prayed for strong-willed children <laughs> because it's the strong-willed people that are in leadership. I said, you know... It never even crossed my mind that we wouldn't get strong-willed children. Yeah, you put uh, her and I together, and we <laughs> reproduce after our kind, and the result is going to be strong-willed people. It's just the way it is. So anyway, that's going to come back later because that is a law, and, 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 it's, and it's in place, and it functions all the time. And we're going to see how that applies specifically in the area of finances uh, in a later broadcast, most likely. <laughs> 
Um, and then let, let's go ahead and pick up here in verse 26. And God said, this is, this is when God created man. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. Again, he, re, he, he reproduced after his kind. You were, were and are made, if you're born again, your spirit has been recreated into the God kind of person. Matter of fact, he actually tells us you're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God. That's also in the, in the book of Romans, actually. And so, again, he didn't break the mold. He reproduced after his own kind. Uh, let's see, got all sidetracked there. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So, let me ask you this question right now. What was the last thing that God created in the story of creation? And I hear somebody out there saying, Man, nope. <laughs> That's a good answer. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, he, he created man after all the birds, after all the, the fish, and after all the animals and everything, but it's not the last thing he did. He created man, and then verse 28 happened. And God blessed them. He released the operational system of the blessing. And man, Adam was supposed to use the operational system of the blessing to bless and replenish and subdue this entire earth. It is an operational system that God put in place by which God, uh, Adam and mankind was supposed to function, live, and control this earth. Be Fruitful. You're not supposed to be fruitful, except for the blessing provided it. Adam could not be fruitful until God said, be fruitful. Multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, every living thing that moves upon the earth. And the blessing was, I keep coming back to this term, the operational system, the principles, the laws that God put in place for this to take place. Now, remember we saw in Romans 5 about sin and resulting death by sin. Okay, so turn over a couple chapters to Genesis chapter 3 and you will see the beginning of this process. And so I'm just going to, for the sake of time, everybody knows this story, the generalities at, at least. Uh, you know, the snake came to the woman, the woman came to the man, here's the apple, you know the story. Okay, so we're going to pick it up here in verse 14 of Genesis chapter 3. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, 
Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed. This was the first time curse is mentioned in the Bible. It was not in God's plan in the garden with Adam and Eve. This was the result of sin. Thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon your belly shalt thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. Now remember, this is curse. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. Okay? Women don't have to go through this. That's another teaching, but I just want to bring that up. Uh, multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to your husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now listen here. And unto Adam he said, Because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife, and has eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. And there we see sin and then death and the curse entered by sin. It's very, very, very important that you understand this. This was not in creation plan. It was not part of the Eden covenant and the Eden atmosphere. As a matter of fact, you go back to, to uh, uh, chapter 1 and you read through it and God makes a very specific point. Every time he created something, he said, and it was good. <laughs> And it was good. And it was good. You read in chapter 2 and you see there was the gold of this part of the garden was very good. And I mean, it's just good. It's good. It's good. God creates good. And he released the blessing so that good could be perpetuated throughout all the earth. That's his desire. That's his plan. He don't never change. That's his desire now. That's his plan for you. But I wanted you to see now there are two operational systems in the earth. There's the one that God designed, planned, and implemented through the blessing. Then there's the one that was implemented through sin and resultant death from sin, and that's called the curse. There's the two systems. Now we're going to go over to Deuteronomy chapter 28 because... It makes such a clear distinction between the two. So Deuteronomy and chapter 28, because you need a clear picture of this. Now, make a little note. All of these examples that we're going to be looking at, both today and in, and in upcoming broadcasts, there's always, always, always working principles and you always want to look for the word, you want to look for faith, and you want to look for action. Because faith without corresponding action, James 2 says, is dead. It doesn't work. Okay? So you've got to put action to faith. Faith is how the just live, and it's all because of the word. 
Okay, so you want to look for these key ingredients, these key elements as we examine these different things. So look in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. And it shall come to pass. That's just not very um, ambiguous. Mm. Nope. It's not too wishy-washy. It shall come to pass. If you shall hearken diligently. Now this is very interesting. Hearken and diligently are the same word. He's really wanting to get it across. And it means... This isn't a passive listening. This is, well, Brother Hagen, you got to be a bug hunter. This is, this is digging under every stone. It's rolling over every log. It's, it's what we do on these broadcasts. Well, and even hearken diligently, there's that difference of when you're talking to your kids. You know, when they're actually listening for information and what they need to do next. And when they're sitting there going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really wish you weren't talking now, but you're the parent. I can't help it. (laughs) And we see that in Christians. Yeah. The ones that are at church and they're doing it because they're supposed to be versus the ones who are going, okay, now tell me that again. What do I need to do? How do I need to fix that? The picture of the one that's harking diligently is the one that goes to church. The pastor preaches and then they take that and the whole rest of the week, they're like, okay, the pastor said this. Now, let me find out more about this. And they're looking and they're studying and they're researching. And that word hearken and diligently both has a connotation of doing. It's hearing and doing. Hearing and obeying. I'm talking about when I say that, it, it's, I'm talking about in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew language, the words translated hearken and diligently not only contain the listening on purpose, specifically for the purpose of learning, and then following that up with doing. Okay, that's all contained in those Hebrew words that are translated hearken diligently. If you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, there's the word. Okay, you're focused, you got the word, you're doing, it's all, you can't, you can't go through that definition of hearken diligently and not see faith. That's what faith is. Well, if you have faith, you believe that and you're willing to act on it. Mm -hmm. That's, I'll show you my faith by my action. Yeah, and it's the the focus on the word. That's the word that brings faith. Hearing of the word. Hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's the purpose. It's not just, there is a certain level of faith that comes by just having something playing in the background. Um because it's still the word, but it's the focus and the diligent hearing that just makes faith just explode inside of you. So, man, we haven't got through half a verse yet. (laughs) (laughs) If you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, there's the word, to observe and do, there's the action, all his commandments, there's the word again, which I command thee, there's the word, this day, that the Lord thy God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And then you just go down through and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. The blessing, the blessing system. This is how you stay in the blessing system. And in heart, and again, it says, if you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Verse three, blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. The blessing 
This is how you stay in the operational system, and it affects every area because of the your next life. part is basket and store. That's their financial system. That's the finances. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be in when you go out. In your storehouses. Absolutely. Bank accounts, savings accounts, investment accounts. Those are your storehouses. This is how you invoke and stay in the operational system called the blessing. Now, we don't have time to go into it in detail. We'll come back here next time. But if you go down and you start in verse 15, you see, but it shall come to pass if you will not do those things. Now you're operating in the curse operational system in the earth. And all these, ble- all these curses come on you because you're working in that operational system. All right. We're going to go into much more detail on this next week, but I want you to go back. Remember eight, uh, Romans eight, two says this is in Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the very first thing you have to do to operate in this exemption is to be born again. So don't go anywhere. You're about to find out more about that. You just heard an amazing message of faith. Uh, an amazing message on the Word, but when you really get down to it, it's an amazing message about Jesus. And really, that's what all this is about, is Jesus. You know, He is love, He's provision, and He wants a family. He wants you, you, (laughs) as a part of the family. You know, it says in Romans, Romans 5, that while we were yet sinners, Jesus came to this earth. Jesus Perfection himself came to this earth while you were a sinner, while you were on death row. The Bible says in in Romans 6 that the wages of sin is death. You were a sinner. You were on death row. And Jesus showed up, set you free, and took your place because he wanted you as a part of the family. He wanted you as his son or his daughter. He loves you more than anyone else ever possibly could. And if you want to be a part of that family, have that perfect, loving Father, I would love to offer you this opportunity to pray and receive Him into your heart. Accept that adoption. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And that's what we're going to do. Believe with our hearts, confess with our mouths, the Lord Jesus, just like it says. And if you're ready, just repeat after me in prayer. Father, I come before you, believing with my heart and confessing with my mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for sending him to this earth, paying the price for my salvation. I receive it and accept my adoption into the family. I thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I know that you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen and amen. Welcome into the family. Glad to have you here. (laughs) And now that you are born again, you can really truly say what my dad says, 
we always say at the end of the broadcast, and please say it with me, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping make these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, be sure to follow us on Instagram, and you can also listen to our broadcasts on iTunes. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380 to send praise reports, request prayer, or for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner.